This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Hi everyone, I'm Jane Tara and I'm chatting to authors and experts about their self-help, wellness and personal development books. If you're looking for ways to be happy, be well and be inspired, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Better Reading B. Paul McKenna was recognised by the Times of London as one of the world's most important modern self-help gurus. He is the UK's most successful non-fiction author. His books have sold more than 10 million copies and have been translated into 32 languages. He is the author of successful titles, including Quit Smoking Today Without Gaining Weight, I Can Mend Your Broken Heart, I Can Make You Rich, I Can Make You Thin, is the best-selling self-help book in UK history. His latest book is Freedom from Anxiety, and the title speaks for itself. It's an excellent program for anyone living with anxiety, and I'm thrilled to be talking to Paul today. Paul McKenna, welcome to Be Better. Thank you very much, Jane. Nice to be with you. So you acknowledge in the book that more and more people are dealing with anxiety today. And this really is, you know, a post-pandemic practical program. It's not only a simple, really well-structured read, but it comes with 18, 18, 18, (laughs) that's incredible, 18 audio techniques that you can download and they're amazing. So it's actually a full program. It's not just a book. This is a full program to address anxiety. Yes. Uh, I mean, what I hoped to achieve was it's the same as a personal session with me. So you can read the book and, you know, learn the techniques or download them onto your smartphone or whatever. And then, you know, if you're feeling stressed, anxious, worried or panicking, you hit a button and I pop out and I get you feeling good again. Um, As you rightly pointed out in your intro, um, this post-pandemic time is uh, full of anxiety for people. In fact, we're arguably in a psychological pandemic right Mm. now. And this is my attempt at a vaccine for the psychological pandemic. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a hypnotist and behavioral scientist. I use modern psychological techniques like neuro-linguistic programming and what we now call psychosensory techniques where you either tap or you touch certain parts of your body in a sequence that creates a dramatic and very fast change in your thinking and feeling. And so I wanted to put those into a user-friendly system. You could read this book in two hours, uh, maybe less even. And uh, at the end of that, if you use the techniques, particularly if you use the audio ones, there is not a chance on this earth that you can remain um, anxious, particularly if you use the trance. I mean, I've never recorded a trance quite like this. Um, the poor producer fell asleep four times. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to the techniques the first time I listened to them. I was driving and I quickly skipped past that one because yes. you're right, I did not want to be driving <laughs> and listening to that. But as you no. say, you can uh, you can read this, listen to the techniques in a few hours and then you go back and you can, you know, pick and choose what you want as well. So I guess it's a program that it can be linear, uh, the way mm-hmm. that you use it, or like myself, there's a couple that have really stood out for me and yeah. I have been using them over the last few days to great benefit. And I, I'll talk more about that, but talk to me about 
anxiety. I think I like what you just said about how, how this is like having a session with you. And I was, I was about to jump in and go, and can I have one, please? You know, because at the beginning of the book, in the intro, introduction, you actually assure the reader that there's nothing wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And the terminology that you use, it's really about moving towards a reset. It's that, you know, there isn't anything about you. It's just kind of a shift in the way that you're going to approach things rather than you're suffering anxiety, there's something really wrong here. So I liked the fact that right from the outset, there was a calm tone to this book. Well, thank you. You know, I do think that's a very important distinction because uh, these days um, our society is very quick to label people. And we know that as soon as you're given a label, uh, it's harder for you to um, move away from that, you know, to, you know, as soon as you are labelled depressed or bipolar or, uh, you know, anxious or whatever it is, uh, you take that on as your identity. And to me, anxious people are usually perfectionists. You know, they're people that want to sometimes achievers, high achievers are anxious people. They get stuff done. Mm. The problem is that um, the feeling of anxiety, fear, stress, worries, that's the umbrella I'm going to use for these these feelings, is, is it's a message which says, be prepared. Now, if you open a newspaper or turn on the TV at the moment, you're under attack. It's the virus, it's the war, it's the economy, it's the whatever it is, anything, right? Um, but... When you constantly feed messages like that into your mind, it um, begins to prepare for emergencies, often that never happen. I mean, there's no doubt there was a deadly virus sweeping the world. There are economic challenges, et cetera. But people have become very good at catastrophizing. (laughs) You write about that. And I thought, oh, my God, he's in my head. Like, (laughs) seriously, because I've been doing that a lot lately. Mm. Well, you and pretty much everyone else, Jane, I mean, the thing is that if you hadn't had some anxiety over the last few years, there'd be something wrong because the world's gone through this extraordinary change. And so uh, it's understandable. The thing is that that feeling of anxiety, stress, worry, fear keeps us alive. If I'm about to step off the curb and there's a bus coming, I want a feeling of fear to pull me back and keep me alive. The thing is, I just don't want to live in it. And the problem is, is that people have become so good at making two and two equal 32, going, yeah, this could happen. And suddenly they've catastrophized about things. And uh, that as a, as a, as a neurophysiological state of being, um, you know, continual arousal, if you like, isn't healthy for us. In fact, more than 50% of the reasons why people end up at their doctor can be traced back to too much stress. So mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is that anxiety and stress and these things can be useful in moderation, but we've become uh, way too stressed, way too anxious. You know, if you just look at the stats at the moment, they're off the scale. Depression's through the roof. You know, we've all kinds of, of mental health issues that have come from the pandemic and also some of the other challenges that the world is going through right now. Mm, yes, you write about the area of the brain where we process feelings of threat and fear. It's the amygdala and it's um, helpful if we're being chased by a tiger, but in our modern line, lives, our fight or flight is constantly on. So I do suffer from anxiety. Well, I have anxiety. I don't like the word suffer, but it, it does creep up on me sometimes. I meditate daily. I do mm-hmm. all the things that I can do to keep it at bay. I've even taken up cold immersion recently. What right. I love about this book 
is that each exercise is so simple and mm-hmm. it builds on the last one and the last one until you're at the end of a process that, you know, what's the word for it? It's not even managing. It's like the, I did it over a period of days and it was like the dissolving of the anxiety that had crept up on me just recently, mainly because I'd been watching the news and we've had some really awful news in Australia this week. And my oldest son had moved to Vancouver. So I, I started to kind of tie in what I was watching on the news and I'm missing him and everything. And it really crept up. So your book at the timing was amazing. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm you, say that, but thank you. Yeah. So you talk about this. This um, it's a system, and it's training your brain to create new perceptual filters. It's delivered in three sections. So section one is immediate relief. Section two builds calm, resilience, and boosts good feelings. And section three is actually creating a richer world. So mm. I think once you've done the the program as a whole and experience the benefits of that, then you can go back and pick and choose things. Right. The thing is that, um, uh, as I I think I mentioned and we've covered, feeling anxious, stressed, worried, you know, frightened, panicky is a part of life. Emotions are part of our um, intelligence. You know, we we need them. You know, if someone is mean to us, we get angry because one of our standards is violated. We do something we shouldn't, we feel guilty, so we, you know, go and compensate and try and repair it. Uh, So these uncomfortable emotions, and anxiety is certainly an uncomfortable one, is necessary, but we just don't want to live in it. And the idea is, is that by using these techniques, and I, I liked that you used the word dissolved, uh, because you know that is for, for many people how it feels. It feels as though suddenly the anxiety is either lifted, mm. it dissolves, or it transforms into some sort of other energy. And um, you mentioned the final part, because it's in three sections, is about a richer world. And that's because as soon as your bandwidth is no longer taken up with survival thoughts all mm. day long, uh, then you've got more room for joy, happiness, creativity, you know, it's experiencing the real beauty and wonder uh, that life is. And it seems to me it's it's a sad thing that people who are, are, are very anxious, sure, they're in this state of, um, of continually preparing for emergencies. And, and of course, they're perfectionists and they get stuff done and all this sort of thing. But they don't actually often stop to enjoy how rich their life is. It's not fact, a state a, for creation, is it? No, it's not. It's a state of survival and over-survival. Mm. There's a great quote by Mark Twain, which is, uh, I've been through some terrible experiences in my life, and some of them actually happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> I love that. that. That's so good, yeah. <laughs> that's where Well, that's where loads of people are these days, you know. Mm. And so... I have been working as a therapist for about 35 years now, I think, and I collected all the best techniques that I could into one book, one system. And I've tried to write it in what is a very user-friendly language rather than the usual sort of psychobabble, et cetera, that a lot of self-help books have. In fact, people say to me sometimes, your books, they're just full of common sense, aren't they? And I go... (laughs) You know how hard it is to take a complicated psychological theory or technique and make it common sense. That's where the work is. So I'm always rather delighted when people go, ah, rather simple. This is common sense. We read it in a couple of hours. You know, like, yes. good. 
It's excellent. And it is a high compliment. Absolutely. So going into the exercises, the very first one that you do, um, that you put there is um, Freeze Frame, which was created by the Heart Math Institute. And I've done a couple of their short courses. Amazing. Mm. So it's really about sort of shifting into the heart, which is kind of a it's almost like the ground zero of anxiety management, isn't it? You know, it's like, let's just start there. And from there, we bring in other management tools. So it's actually a wonderful one. Talk to me about this. Okay. It's used by all four divisions of the American military. And as you rightly say, it's ground zero is a good way to describe this. So basically, if you are anxious or stressed, so by the way, I, I demonstrate this very often on television because it can. this takes less than 60 seconds. It's, it's really easy. Uh, if you're feeling anxious or make yourself feel anxious now, stop and put your hand on your heart because as soon as you do that, you bring your attention to your heart, which is really the second brain, uh, and you begin automatically to reduce cortisol. And then take three slow, deep breaths, because that that changes um, uh, your state, your your neurophysiological state dramatically. So you you breathe in really slowly, and then you hold it for a second or two and let it go out. And this begins to calm you down. You take another slow, deep breath in, and you gently let that go. And then on the third breath, you take in if it's safe and appropriate to do so you close your eyes and you remember a time that you felt good maybe you were relaxing with friends or you'd fallen in love or you'd achieved something but return to that time like you're back there again now see what you saw hear what you heard and feel how good you felt And then in less than 60 seconds, you will be feeling calmer. You'll be able to think more clearly. You'll just feel better because the overwhelm will be reduced. It really is just bringing it back into that moment, into that heart center and being able to manage from that point on. Mm, I love it. I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, you talk about or you write about how you were introduced to TFT, thought field therapy, uh, mm. which was an interesting story and you might want to share that. But um, I'm really enjoying this particular exercise. I've been doing it every morning. I knew about EFT, but this mm-hmm. seems more effective. So, EFT is the yeah. knockoff. TFT was the original. Right. TFT stands for thought field therapy. And uh, the story is, I mean, it's an interesting one. Uh, A friend of mine is a psychologist. She said, you know, I went and had a psychic reading the other day, and it was really interesting. This woman knew all this stuff. I said, oh, I I haven't had a reading for years. Okay, I'll I'll go along. And it was a little village. And I sat down, and this woman pulled a book off the shelf, and she went, this is for you. You have to read this book. It was called Tapping the Healer Within by Roger Callahan. I said, Oh, well, that's very cute. No, 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 no. You're going to work with this guy. This is important. I'm telling you, I went, okay, I'll go and read this book, whatever it is, right? And um, I was sitting on next day on a flight to New York. person sitting next to me said, you know, I'm really dying for some chocolate. Ooh, I want chocolate. I just turned the page on compulsions. I said, try this. Tap beneath your eye, tap your collarbone, tap. And I said, where's your desire for this? She's gone. I don't want any chocolate. 
There was a woman sitting across the aisle who was nervous. So I, I leaned over. I said, excuse me, madam, you're a nervous flyer. Yes. I said, I have a revolutionary new technique. Anyway, bam, her fear went. And when I got to New York, um, I um, I actually, I was due to meet one of my dear friends, Dr. Ronald Rudin. He's a very eminent um, American. He's, he's an MD, he's a Harvard PhD, he's a super smart guy. And I told him about this and he be, he said, I want to research this. And indeed, he's now made a massive contribution to the area of what we call mm. psychosensitive techniques. So I, I got to know Callahan too. The psychic was right, right? I became friends with Callahan. He was a beautiful soul. This guy was a traditional sort of old school university psychologist. And his idea was that in the same way we have blood flowing through uh, our veins, we have uh, the basis of Chinese medicine is that we have energy, invisible energy, chi or life force flowing through the various meridians in our body. And this is how acupuncture works. Uh, the needles help to redistribute the energy to stop stagnation, right? It's an entirely different way of thinking about uh, medicine mm. than Western medicine, by the way. Yeah. And uh, Callahan's idea was if you tap on various parts of the body, that you that you change the sort of thought field, if you like, is a collection of electricity and chemistry because that's what a human being is. We're yeah. we're a martini, right? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, love is a different electrical electrochemical event than say hate, right? So you you tap on various parts of the body and it creates a change. Now, when I first saw this, I thought. This just looks so weird. I, I don't know. Is it a distraction? Well, of course, the overwhelming amount of science in the last 30 years shows that it isn't. And it works incredibly well. And, you know, as I, as I mentioned then in the book, this um, led me to show this to Dr. Rudin. Ron um, looked at, remember, he's a hard scientist, right? So he's yeah. a psychologist. He's looking at rats' brains, MRI scans, etc. And he said, no, the touch of various parts of the body, the face, sides of the arms, the palms of the hands, and lateral eye movements create this massive amount of delta in the brain. So if right. you stroke the side of your arms, if you put your hand on your left shoulder and your mm -hmm. hand on the right, stroke the side of your arms like this, it feels comforting because as a baby, your mother held you in her arms. You are hardwired to feel that lovely delta wave. And so how we use this in stress and trauma is when somebody is traumatized, um, what happens is a 100 hertz wave travels from the thalamus and phosphorylates what's called the AMPA receptor. So it creates a biological change in the structure of the brain. Yeah. When you get somebody to recall the traumatic event and they perform the havening touch, the right. you know, that produces yeah. the delta, the delta wave dephosphorylates the AMPA receptors that resets it. And so it delinks the thought from the feeling. And so the person can go, yeah, I remember it was a terrible experience, but it doesn't bother me anymore. And there is now a significant amount of scientific research, um, I've actually taken part in some of it, that shows that this works, um, I'm going to put it in real layman's terms now, for most people, most of the time in connection with trauma, stress, worry, fear. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's so fascinating. That is so interesting. I love it. So that's havening, which is one of the other techniques early on in the book and actually just after thought field therapy. So I was doing both and honestly, it really did shift my week. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, that's the, the the thing is also it does it so quickly, mm. and so you know we've been doing trials for say the military, right? And the psychiatrist, psychologist of the military couldn't believe that somebody who had PTSD is over it in minutes. They just can't. But and so we faced a lot of um, um, resistance and opposition early on because it, it just looked unbelievable, looked like a magic trick. And of course it's not, but it is a quantum leap in the world of modern therapy. Yeah. So in section two, you write about internal dialogue um, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of getting to know your internal dialogue. Understanding my own voice was quite a journey for me. I have a novel coming out next year where I actually talk about a woman who went on a journey to um, get to know her, reprogram the voice in her head. And I called that voice Pearl, which is program everything, always repeat loop. And old Pearl was a bit of a bitty body always. And she does. She sits there and she nags me and she's judgmental and she's fearful and she's a harsh old cow and she goes, you know, but now I'm like, sit down, Pearl, okay? You have some amazing techniques for controlling the inner dialogue and the inner critic. I think these were my favourite audio techniques as well. Talk to me about the one with the inner critic, or just talk to me about the inner dialogue, actually, and and working with that. Well, Jen, we all have an internal dialogue um, because it helps us make sense of the world all day long. You know, we talk to ourselves. We say, oh, look, he looks nice or she looks nice. Oh, must remember to ring Frank. Oh, hang on, don't go there, etc." So uh, a lot of what's said to us by our internal dialogue is helpful. However, some of it may be unhelpful. You know, we might um, hold ourselves back by criticising ourselves unnecessarily. You know, I mean, it's really interesting. Um, this chap was interviewing me last year and he had read a book I wrote on confidence about 20 years ago. And he said, I just want to tell you, um, I read your book on confidence. And I said, oh, yes. He said, and the, the bit about internal dialogue was what made a big difference to my life. And I said, well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. He said, there was a girl at the radio station where I worked that I wanted to, you know, ask out on a date. And my internal dialogue was saying, oh, no, she'll tell you to get lost. And he said, I just changed it. And I said, yeah, so so what happened? He goes, we've been married 15 years. <laughs> oh, wow. That one change made uh, a world of difference to this man. So, you know, all day long, we're chattering away to ourselves, you know, and if we make a mistake, most of us don't say, oh, another learning experience. No, usually you, you, you know, we, we give ourselves a hard time. So one thing I ask people to do is notice the internal dialogue. Notice if it's being helpful, because very often the intent is helpful, but the way it's doing its job is too harsh. Mm. And simple things like this, just try this. I mean, right now, inside your mind with your own voice, not my voice, 
but copy the tone of my voice. Inside your mind now, just say, all is well. All is well. All is well. And you see, when you do that, suddenly you feel nice, right? Because most of us all day long have got, you know, and again, helpful when it comes to getting things done. But if you're in that state of continual uh, with your internal dialogue, it's exhausting. That all is well, that when I first did it, and even then it kind of diffuses the... (laughs) the situation going on in your head, you know, which is quite full on for me sometimes. Generally now, you know, I have Pearl, she can be rather nice. She's, you know, Mm -hmm. quite lovely at times because I've reprogrammed her, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's taken quite a lot of work to do that. I'm like, sit down. All right. So I like the inner critic one where you put a voice to, it's like bringing the inner critic out of your mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah. putting another voice to it, I think you use Mickey Mouse as um Yeah, I mean, uh, what, I, uh, what I often do, because I do a lot of um, training, I, I do motivational events, and, uh, and uh, I'll ask, say, some somebody here in the audience has had something said to them years ago, and when you think about it now, it still upsets you. Because, you know, remember, the things that are said to a child in the first sort of six, seven years of life at moments of emotional intensity, like, be quiet. No one wants to hear what you have to say. Mm. There's your fear of public speaking, right? It goes in with the power of a hypnotic suggestion. So I'll say, who's had something really mean said to them? And they'll say, yeah, my mother or my father or somebody said to me, you're ugly and and no one will ever love you. You know, something really mean like that. Mm. And I'll say, when you think about it now and you'll see their, their eyes well up, and I'll say, even though that was said to you 50 years ago, the suggestion's still with you until now. And I'll say, I want you to see their face and then hear it like this. And when you hear it like that, you see, it, it, this is silly, but it's not stupid, right? Because, you know... When you hear it like that, what it does is it overwrites the operating software in the mind. And the person then can't take it seriously. I'll go, now, remember what they said to you? They go, yeah, I couldn't (laughs) tell it. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's really, these are such simple ways to reprep, but effective. And usually that is the most effective way to deal with these internal programs rather than sitting, say, with a therapist for 20 years and repeating them over and over again, <laughs> firing up those neural, you know, pathways yeah, and exactly. the super highways, you know. <laughs> but reinforcing it all. I mean, you know, again, I am not a fan of traditional analysis and therapy. I mean, you know, I really don't like Freud and, uh, you know, getting someone to go back and relive all the worst things that ever happened to them is a bit like, taking someone with a broken leg and throwing them down the stairs till they feel better. And so I meet people who've been in therapy for like 20 years, right? And they can tell you like a shrink what their problems are. They go, oh, I have all this unexpressed rage towards my father. You know, some psycho babble sort of, you know, description of it. And so they can describe it, but it hasn't made a single bit of difference to their behavior. Mm. And Mm. so um, I'm really part of a sort of a modern movement now of of people in the psychological community who are moving away from trying to endlessly analyze 
why we have problems, right? I'm more interested in structure, how you make yourself upset, right? So if, say somebody drinks too much, you can go see an analyst, they go, oh, yes, because you experienced distress when you were a child. And it, 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 it. So, no, how do you how do you make yourself want to drink too? Oh, I see. You you imagine the glass and the ice clinking in the glass and the alcohol pouring that creates a feeling a dopamine surge inside your brain. And then as you drink the alcohol, you get a serotonin hit. Yeah. And so what you do is if you make the um, again, so I'm going to play with the structure, right? If you make the the glass um, clink and it has something inside it that you really don't like hair from a barbershop floor or something like that mm. you some you, you create a different set of feelings and you don't feel like drinking it so modern psychologists people who practice and these techniques come from a discipline called neuro-linguistic programming nlp it's used by you know pretty much every therapy decent therapist in the world now uses some nlp they might call it cbt they might call it someone but it's nlp yeah and it's used by governments it's used by corporations it's a communication technology as well as a psychological technology in therapy but <clears throat> it really is like um i suppose a um, an approach to uh, programming our own minds so that we have you know we become the major shareholder in our own thinking Oh, I love that. That's so, and I find it to be such an adventure to be on to actually, you know, take control of, you know, how I'm going to think and to, you know, put that to work, all these different techniques to work. Once you get to section three and you're now in kind of creation mode, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a really wonderful technique called hindsight ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And This one in particular really shifted things for me the last couple of days because I was, you know, my my son's not texting me back from Canada and, you know, and there's all this horror on the TV and I can't, you know, I try and turn it off but I keep turning it on. And I I started to catastrophize, yeah, which I don't do that often anymore, but I, I sort of went right back there. This one was fantastic for that because hindsight ahead of time. So I'm actually looking back on my life and key highlights and Mm. things that I've created, built, lived, moments I've lived and what my life looks like from another angle. Mm. And I was so relieved to be looking at my life from that angle. It was great. Actually, it was an amazing exercise. Can you talk about that a bit? Sure. So the exercise is simple. You go to near the end of your life. The important part is you have an assumption that it's been a brilliant life. You can do this differently. I mean, the way I used to do it was go to the end of your life and ask yourself, what do you wish you'd done more of and less of? And a lot of people go, oh, I wish I, you know, had led a slightly healthier life or wish I hadn't worried so much or I wish I, you know, and things like that. Uh, and those can be really, really useful insights, right? Um, but the way I do this is I ask people to go out to near the end of their life with the assumption they've had a, an amazing life, a fantastic life. What was it that made their life so fantastic? Was it the relationships? Was it what they did? Was it what they didn't do? Um, you know, what are all the things, the people, the places, the things you achieved, et cetera, et cetera, the time you spent doing this and this and this? Yeah, so... It comes from within you because you're the expert on you, essentially. So um, rather than me install my ha- my model of happiness in you, 
I help you to elicit yours using the power of your imagination. Mm. And so even though this is, it's again, a deceptively simple technique, it has a profound effect upon people because they come back and go, oh, oh, I I don't need to worry so much. And now I'm clear about Mm. things I need to do where I need to put my time and attention. I see the things that make me happy and some of the things I might have engaged in just because I always have that Mm. don't really matter. Yes. And I think, uh, you know, you talk about the power of imagination and I always say my younger son, very vivid imagination, very similar in personality type to me. And I always have said to him, you've got to use it for the power of good, not evil, (laughs) you know, treat yourself well by imagining really wonderful things rather than always going to that, the catastrophe scenario. So I've, done a lot of work training myself out of that and generally pretty good with it. It's crept up a bit recently and that was an excellent and really, really excellent uh, exercise for me. So thank you. Now I need to ask, what's your favourite technique in the book? You know, I don't have a favourite. I like them all. I'm a very big fan of the havening technique. Yes. And this is becoming um, super popular. It's the new kid on the block. It's only been around 10 years. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there's a growing body of research now to show that it works incredibly well, not just for overcoming trauma, depression, reducing pain, but even things like anxiety, stress, worry, fear. And so the simple touch of the side of the arms the palms of the hand, uh, lateral eye movements. This is different to the one Prince Harry uses. He uses a technique called EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, which involves looking up and moving your eyes back and forth. And the reason I, that does work, by the way, the reason I don't use that is I find it doesn't stick. So you have to keep going back to the therapist. You end up addicted to your therapist. So there's some things in the same way. I'm no fan of EFT whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm because I'm was a friend of Callahan's and I know what went on. You know, there's a, there's a bit of politics, by the way, in the world. Oh, right. <laughs> right. So, so those, I'm not saying they don't work, but mm. I don't use the yes. techniques I use are uh, I use hypnosis. Um, and I'm, I do actually, the, the technique that I think is the most useful for anyone who might buy this book is the trance. And um, this trance is longer than, than my trances normally are. And not only that, I put so much into this. Everything in the kitchen sink went into this trance. And it is, it's just impossible to stay anxious if you listen to that through. And very difficult to stay awake, actually, for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> that will, that'll get you profoundly relaxed. But more than that, as you mentioned at the beginning of this interview, Jane, it helps to reset people's perceptual filters because people that are anxious are set up to see threats everywhere, mm. right? I'm sure there are dangers and threats in life. But if that's all you search for, then that just reinforces this state of, of, of um, feeling under attack. Right. And so wouldn't it be good to be able to see where threats are, to be in a state of relaxed alertness so you can you can respond to them if you want. And so the trance is a way of rebuilding or reconfiguring the way that you uh, look at the world, perceive the world, think about the world, feel about the world, etc. And so it puts you much more in control 
Um, you know, you, you still get all the benefit of your emotional signals, which is essentially what emotions are, but they're not overwhelming. So suddenly you've got more bandwidth in your thinking for good stuff. So if I were to prescribe one technique, I mean, obviously I, 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 I love all of them, but the one thing that is going to make a massive difference, if you're an anxious person, listen to that trance every day for a week. And not only will you feel better about life, because you won't be exhausted because you're not stressed out all the time, right? Mm. Other people will notice the difference in you. They'll say, you seem quite relaxed and happy at the moment. Mm. You know, so it really is um, about building this, this beautiful, rich, um, wonderful sort of perception where you get to enjoy life rather than just survive it, white knuckling it each day. Mm, I found I've only done it once. I found it was like it sort of lowered my brainwaves to a point where I could get out of my way, (laughs) you know, and you could do the work. That was great. You know, Mm. and you come out of it and you're, you're in a different state. So I'm going to take your advice and do it uh, every day for the next seven days. Uh, Well, I I guarantee you will notice if you do anything for seven days, you're going to be different. But um, I've been doing this for a long time. I was so pleased with that trance because I recorded it once. I listened back and went, no, it, it just isn't quite. And I went back and I redid the whole thing again, right, and put all these extra little bits in. Because when you listen to it with headphones on, some messages are for the right brain, some for the left brain. So you're communicating with the whole brain, right? So it's um, it's quite a, uh, an advanced and... I suppose sophisticated form of hypnosis. This isn't this isn't you know ye olde close your eyes and you know relax and do as you're told. This is a a matrix of messages that can be simultaneously assimilated, mm. creating these 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 extraordinary perceptual changes, which will make somebody's life uh, significantly better. I love it. It's so interesting. The book is Freedom from Anxiety. It's an excellent program for anyone living with anxiety and an effective way to find freedom from the overwhelm of life. Paul McKenna, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I could talk for hours, but I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Not at all. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. God bless. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.